Hi, it's Mark Sisson. Welcome to the Primal Blueprint Podcast, where we deliver a variety of fresh content to help you live awesome. Enjoy the show. Engage with us online at marksdailyapple.com and on social media, and send your questions to info at primalblueprint.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Primal Blueprint Podcast. Today, we have Dr. Aaron, Doctor of Divinity. We're going to have a very interesting spiritual conversation. And Erin lives in Los Angeles. She is the creator and host of Good Morning La La Land. She's been featured on the cover of magazines, radio, and as seen on NBC, CBS, Fox, ABC, you name it. Her mission is really awakening a billion people globally to their divinity. And she has a wonderful book called Awakening, The 40-Day Guide to Unleashing Your Spiritual Powers, Life's Purpose, and Manifesting Your Dreams. It's a step-by-step guide to spiritual mastery. And I'm so excited to have this conversation. Welcome to the show. Hey, hey, Elle. How are you? So good to see you. I had so much fun and I was so impressed and uh, just found out the second that you're the creator of Good Morning La La Land, which I was a guest on and I was not surprised if you did the hiring too, because your co-hosts, every individual was just amazing vibrations. We're blessed to say the least. You know, Andy Waldman, who has Focus TV network, um, is really our network for many, he's a network for many, many shows. And uh, when I came into that studio, I first was so impressed with his energy and all the positivity going through there. And I had had an inspirational, you know, appointment to have a show. And I thought we got to have one that's consistent. That's every day. And I had a dream of having a morning show and it just was it, literally the studio is five blocks from my place. It was meant to be. And, uh, Rob Mack is one of my co-hosts. Uh, I've known him for 12 years. Amazing positive psychologist. You guys had him on your show. Oh, he was uh, so great. <laughs> so great. Right. And then Jeslyn, who I had never known and Andy knew, and she is just a hard worker. She's an entertainment reporter. So we have three different perspectives and I am just amazed at how well the synergy has been through everyone. Everyone's come in. It's, you know, you know, when things are right, when it just flows and and that's pretty much describes the whole whole entire process. Great manifestation. Let's just kick it all the way back to you have a, a pretty um, intense moment happened 22 years ago that sort of started you on this train of going deeper into one soul, spirituality. Can you share with us how you got started along the journey? Yeah, I'd be honored. And I really find that sharing personal stories is so important. It's how we really connect with people. And um for me, that was 22 years ago. I was actually uh, nine months pregnant. I was uh, a few weeks away from my delivery date. I was in, uh, I was 22 years old, and I was uh, in nursing school. And I'd read in one of those books uh, what to expect when you're expecting. It said if your baby stops moving, you should go have it checked out. And since I was in nursing school, I thought, well, you know, I'll just go check it out. It was about uh, almost five o'clock, and I walked into my doctor's office, and the doctor was gone. The nurse was there. And she said, no problem. Let's just go check it out. And she put the little monitor on, um, you know, and you can usually, when you lube up the belly, you can see the heartbeat right away on the monitor for a baby. And, and right away we saw there was no heartbeat. And we both kind of like, you know, took a big gulp and we looked at each other and she said, let me call the doctor. And uh, the doctor met me over at the hospital and he confirmed that my baby had died inside of me. And he said, you know, you can go home and have it naturally, you know, naturally go into birth, you know, into labor, or you can go in and get induced. And I thought, my baby has died inside of me. And now I need to go into labor for delivering his body. I thought, holy cow, okay, let's, let's buckle our seatbelts here. So we went in and um, induced labor. And uh, six hours later, 
I went home without my baby. And uh, at that point in time, when you have a stillborn, they had, they wanted you to grieve your baby. You had to bathe your baby and take pictures with your dead baby and, you know, all this stuff. And wow, you know, really? so six yeah, hours intense. And so six hours later, uh, we went home without our baby. And the next day I woke up and I was literally just kind of a little bit delusional to say the least. And I thought, I didn't get the right pictures with my baby. <laughs> so I went down alone to the mortician's house and I had bought a bag of clothes and the mortician looked at me and went, Oh, sweetheart, I'm so sorry, but your baby has been in formaldehyde for, you know, almost 24 hours. And it's just not, you know, and he said, but I'll prepare the room for you. you can go in. And I went into this room, literally in the basement. And, uh, there was this hospital bed with this tiny little body on there. And, and, uh, the mortician said, you know, he closed the door. He said, you can take as much time as you want. And I walked in there and I just, you know, I dropped the bag of clothes, realizing I wasn't going to be taking any pictures. And I walked towards uh, his body and I just thought, you know, how could God, if there's a God, how could life be so cruel? And I sat there, you know, of course, with that huge lump in your throat that you get in moments like that and just, uh, just cried and cried and just felt so alone. And the most amazing thing happened because in an instant, I just realized his body was there, but he wasn't. And I realized in that moment that he was a spiritual being. And I realized that I am not my body. And I thought, what the freak are we doing here? This is what I care about the most is to figure out my spiritual nature and what we're doing here. And so that sent me on a huge commitment, um, you know, a huge journey, which has been the biggest blessing of my entire life, awakening. That's so, that's so amazing. And, you know, I had... I can't even imagine, um, well, it's so incredible that you were able to get an enlightening moment, an enlightened moment within horrific pain, which can happen, you know, yeah. uh, sometimes can't be seen right away, but it sounds like at least that question for the quest, uh, came out of something quite painful. Yeah, I believe we get our calling. That's how we get our callings. Most people that are really on a mission, that's how they get it. They go through some dark, you know, hero's journey. And on the other side is, you know, a life beyond their dreams. So it's all good. It's all a blessing. Every last drop of it. What did you first jump into? Where did you go to say, I am going to figure that I mean, Did you just hit the Bible, read that, read everything? No, yeah, <laughs> like, that's a great question. Because yeah. I was like anti-religion. I had grown up in California. It was like, you know, my mom especially was like pretty much anti all of it. Um, and, uh, you know, so I didn't know where to go. And I was like, where, where the hell do I go? And, you know, this is a while back. It was like there was yoga studios everywhere like there is now. And um, I was actually over in Utah because I had married my son's father over there. It's like, you know, just a bizarre story. So I just started meditating. It was the only thing I found that was the one common denominator I found amongst, you know, great minds as they all preached meditation. So I actually literally built a little thing in one of my closets and I would go in there. And at first I could only meditate for five minutes. It was the most challenging thing ever. It was like fingernails going down the chalkboard. I was like my, you know, monkey mind as they call it was insane. And, uh, I would go to seminars like landmark and just all over the board kind of things. I would read all types of books and, uh, slowly the veil of life started coming off in meditation and, uh, crazy stuff happens in there. I'll tell you. <laughs> well, you know, uh, what were some of the unveiling moments or some of the realizations? Cause you certainly had one after the death of your child. So yeah. what, do you remember like, not necessarily like what in order I'm not, you know, yeah. But, but yeah. What were some of those other unveilings that showed up? Oh, you know, you know, I, I'm, I mean, how deep do you want to go? Right. How far down the rabbit hole do you want to go? I yeah, mean, an I, hour. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, you know, I, I'm all about 
speaking the truth. And I think that the more uh, people come out of the closet, as I say, with their spirituality, the more it's going to be accepted to talk about past lives, to talk about all kinds of things, you know, pretty much, uh, you know, my truth is that we are here for one thing, and we're here to grow, we're here to evolve our DNA, we're here to experience our consciousness and form. And so in meditation, you know, I'll never forget that there was one um, night, it'd been years and years into meditation, I had, you know, kind of quieted my mind, I thought, Oh, gosh, I'm so cool. I'm so enlightened now, you know, right? I thought I can just go in there and, and I kind of think about things and I have answers when I come out. And then I'll never forget. There was one night, it was like two or four o'clock in the morning and I popped out of bed. I think it was like four in the morning. Cause I would get up when I was really, really into meditation. So like I would meditate for like five hours a day at one point in time, which I don't do anymore. And I, I got up at four o'clock in the morning. I was just so excited. Cause I, I was so excited to go back in and go into meditation, go out, literally in my closet into meditation. It was like going into the wardrobe of, uh, that one, <laughs> the lion, the witch in the wardrobe. Right? Yeah. And, um, and I went in there and, and it was the first time I heard the voice and you hear of this and you're like, okay, whatever the voice. No, it's like the voice. And, um, people, some people call it channeling. Some people call it whatever. There's different types of voices, if you will, but the true voice, the true self, the, you know, source your higher self and, um, never been the same since, you know, never been the same since. Let's talk about our subconscious minds and why it's often necessary to get in there and do some reprogramming. Yeah, really great. It was because in my book, there's four steps to awakening. It's waking up to, you know, realizing that you are really creating with the, you're co-creating 24 seven. You don't need to manifest, you're manifesting all the time. Uh, And um, it's just redirecting that. Second is reprogramming. Third is aligning with universal law and mother nature. And fourth is affirming through your daily spiritual practice. So number two, reprogramming, that's what you're talking about, which is if I were to say one thing to anybody who wants to heal, that wants to be empowered, it is to reprogram your subconscious mind. So what is this? Why does it, what is this whole subconscious thing? We know scientifically that, you know, they have some type of a number, like 97% of our habits are based from our subconscious mind. So this is the real deal. You want to have success. You want vitality. You want to have good relationships. You want creative expression. You got to handle your limiting beliefs within your subconscious mind. And what it basically is, is that Imagine there's like soldiers, there's like soldiers down there and you're the lieutenant in charge. You're the lieutenant in charge is you, your conscious self and that spirit, that is the true self of who you are. And you are commanding the, these little soldiers down in your subconscious. And one time in the middle of say many lifetimes or this lifetime, you had an experience, a tra- traumatic experience, say your parents were getting divorced or something was happening. You were having your parents were fighting and you thought to yourself, I will never need love, you know, or love hurts yes. or, or, you know, I De- won't declarations do of uh, the declaration, yeah, right? Right. And you say it with conviction, with, with emotion and feeling back, because that's how we inform our subconscious mind with the emotions, the feelings, that vibration, they actually inform and imprint in the soul at every, at every cell, at every level within your body. And that is like the soldiers are like, and so it is. And so they just play it out. I don't need love. I don't need love. I don't need love. La 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 la. And so on and so forth. So every time you get into the next relationship, you're like, you hit these walls and you're like, I got to get out of here. I don't need this. And you're like, well, why? Why am I doing this again, right? It's because you declared it at such incredible strength, such power into your subconscious that it's just done. You and keep in fact, yourself. your subconscious, 
You yeah. keep proving yourself over and over. And in fact, your subconscious, as we know, science has proven us also that we are one with the universe. There is nothing that is not energetically connected. So your subconscious mind is connected to universal mind. So it's not just you that's doing it. You're like, no, because I pulled in this person, you know, this, my boyfriend, he's the one who abandoned me. It's like, well, that's because you declared you don't need love, you know, so it's all connected. Or on that note, I was just speaking to a a men's coach and just the idea of it doesn't have to be tit for tat. It can be that sometimes, again, painful situations, relationships teach you the most valuable lesson, whether they learned one or not, or no matter what you were there for them. Right. And you know, it's just, it's just amazing how some, some wisdom comes out of that. And it's really beautiful. Heart, but but you have to be aware to recognize it, right? And that's, I guess, what you're saying. I was so, oh, yeah. I mean, I was so codependent. I was ridiculous. Like, I mean, you know, you just talk, you just think of how you pull in the perfect dysfunction because you realize that it was just something. I just had, I had commanded it in my subconscious for sure. And I just was pulling in the next dysfunctional relationship. And over and over again, I was like, what is wrong? I finally stopped pointing my finger to the other person. And I realized that it was me, that I had commanded something into my subconscious. And it was just playing, it's just doing its thing. You know, my subconscious in the universe was just doing just its thing. Just responding. Just responding. Just yeah, responding. You know, um, mm-hmm. Similarly, I uh, went down a train of attracting a certain pattern. And until I got into this work myself, until I recognized it and started changing, did I, did I start to attract different circumstances? And, you know, I'll give one that's non-relationship, and I'm sure I'd love to hear maybe an example on your end that's different too. You know, we've all gone through the romantic lessons, but, you know, I, it, it can be something like I, ha- I knew someone who uh, was always sort of made to be wrong in their family, even when they weren't, you know, uh, kind of blamed for stuff, even unnecessarily. And so they attracted a lot of bosses and jobs and people that they worked with who mm-hmm. then always found something wrong, you know? Um, right? right. They were, or they were patronized or they were blamed for something they didn't do or something still would go wrong and they'd get blamed for it, whether they did, you know, but it was always this, you know, and finally we, we, we you know, we, we got into it with each other. We talked to that and, and, you know, worked with some friends on it. And, uh, I tell you what, the 180 is, uh, was amazing because, as she started to unpack that and realize that this is just a familiar pattern she's continually, you know, repeating, um, mm-hmm. uh, especially with people obviously in positions of authority, <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, she started to get strong, she started to speak up when it would happen, not tolerate it, right? And then really just switched into attracting people that nothing went wrong. In fact, They'd write her letters afterwards. Oh my gosh, we loved working with you. We, can, I mean, just a 180. And it really happened when she finally realized where it was coming from. Right. I mean, it's, I mean, it's, it's hilarious. hilarious. I just look back at myself and I like, I mean, the, the number one human vicious cycle is, is just when we make people wrong. I remember being in relationships and always, you know, just being one of those young girls, it just was like naive, like talking to my girlfriends, kind of bad talking, you know, whoever I was with, like, oh, if he just changed or if he just did that, I can't believe he did that, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, I never real, I never realized how powerful I was, you know? And that's the cool thing is that all this work, basically, you just realize that if you can manifest crap, you can manifest, you know, beautiful things. It's the same energy. It's just inverted. You know, that's how powerful you are. My mentor used to call, I'd, I'd call him up crying and be like, oh my gosh, this happened, blah, blah. And he'd be like, congratulations on creating crap. You know, I'm like, oh gosh, you're right. I did this. Yeah, ah. it's, those are some <laughs> cool. kind of uh, rough days because they are dancing on the line of, 
ego and blame and being a victim. And then also realizing that you totally, you know, brought it in for whatever reason is apparent. Yeah. And as a culture, we have to realize also there's some danger in this work, right? Because people go, well, it puts so much responsibility on the individual. But the thing is, we have to realize that we're not individuals, that that is something that we've been told we're not, we are all connected. So our consciousness is connected with collective consciousness and cosmic consciousness. So we have to remember that whatever's happening is not just something we decided, you know, it's something that we decided over and over through our culture. We're living our karma. Our karma is not as good and bad. And it's everything. It's everything that we've all created together. And we're living it out right now, right here. Right. And I guess I would say, you know, such a big tip off is if some, if you keep coming across the same roadblock of the same type, right. You know what I mean? <laughs> then that's where you go. Mm-hmm. All right. Red flag. I need to, because especially if it's something you don't like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, but in talking right. about sort of your, you know, you're saying helping people align with their personal truth and universal laws, how do we wrap around, you know, our heads around that for the people that maybe haven't dove headfirst into this? Uh, how do we wrap yeah, around that one? It's a big one. Like, first of all, what is truth, right? We have to know that there's two different types of truth. There's an ultimate truth, which is like universal law and the truth of the nature of your spiritual being. You are a mortal, eternal, powerful spiritual being. Bam, into story. No ifs, ands, or buts. A relative truth is what is true for you. What works for you? What is your bliss? What is not your bliss? And it evolves, it changes, it morphs. But being true to thyself is important because peace is important. Bliss is important. Creative expression is important. So how does someone do that? I believe it's a counterintuitive thing. I think so often we want to figure things out. For me, I was one of those people that always was searching. I was searching for my purpose and calling. I was searching for answers. I was searching for growth. And I didn't realize it was actually a counterintuitive thing, meaning that really it was dealing with taking off the limiting beliefs, dealing with the trauma, dealing with all the things that were standing in my way. And once those weeds were pulled, what revealed was the truth. What revealed was the law. What revealed was vitality. Instead of trying and, and trying to control and grab onto that love and grab onto vitality. It was actually just pulling out the weeds. Mm. And I guess the danger lies too in continually looking for the weeds went right. There's <laughs> a little bit of a, you know, for constantly searching for limiting beliefs, sometimes uh, it, it needs to be more relaxed into it. Can you kind of touch on that one too? You can go down that rabbit hole. I mean, there's two ways of doing the work as far as I'm concerned. One is you can go and you can actually, uh, deal with the trauma and deal with the weeds, if you will. And some people say that's like a witch hunt, right? Because you're, you keep going, you keep <laughs> going, you, how far do you want to go? Right. Um, or you can have such a powerful consciousness that you can declare in this moment, the truth, meaning you can say, I am worthy of love period. End of story. I am declaring my prosperity for this lifetime. I am whatever. The thing is not everyone has that strong of a consciousness, right? So if you are that powerful, if you're able to do things like incantations and do affirmative prayer and do intense uh, work where you are really getting into an ecstasy state and stating the truth, meaning that it has to be backed by intense, intense, positive feelings to know the truth and reprogram your subconscious mind. Very few people are able to do that. So if you're not able to do that, then you do need to do some trauma work. You need to do something to get some of those limiting beliefs out of the way so that you're not down in the depression and apathy world. You need to be able to rise up enough so that you can begin to really get into a high state of ecstasy. 
Does that make sense? That's a great, it's a great mm-hmm. distinction. Exactly. Yeah. Perfect. What, um, I would love to hear, um, you know, just, I love it when there's details that people can latch onto because sometimes we're not aware of certain limiting beliefs, but there is, there are themes to them just set in different ways from different people, mm-hmm. different times. So over the years, coaching, working with people and yourself, um, can you call out some random limiting beliefs? I mean, you know, we know I'm not worthy. I'm there, there's some, okay, but what are some ones that, you know, people might miss? Sure. You know, identity The I mean, really spiritual awakening comes down to one thing and one thing only it's shifting your identity. So, you know, it's like, it's like telling a, a fish, what is water, right? I mean, it doesn't even know it's like, it's swimming around and it. it's, there's nothing it doesn't know other than that water. So you can't make the distinction water. So to make the distinction of what a limiting belief is, you know, for a lot of people, they can't even see what's in front of their face. They have no idea what, how many limiting, how many programs they have going on in their life. Right. So I would say, you know, I would just first pick out the things that are really, really stopping you. You know, is it in your relationships or is it your health or is it your wealth? You know, those are basically, we have four legs to the table that are kind of the foundation areas of your life. We have relationships, we have health, we have wealth, money, and we have creative expression. Those are the four areas and we need all four of those areas to work. So I would say, begin to take what is really stopping you the most that you feel like that area of your life is the biggest difficulties, the most challenges, the most problems, and take those, take the, take the big things first, because you can begin to get into deeper things that you don't know are limiting beliefs. So around money, of course, you know, it's like, there's things like, only greedy people like money. Money's the root of all evil. You know, I don't know, all kinds of things. You can just begin to, you know, through my book, I actually walk people through some of these things. You know, we walk through those four areas of your life. You can begin to distinguish what did your parents tell you about it? What does the culture told you about it? What did the movies tell you about it? And beginning to just kind of take the areas that are stopping you the most. And once you get motion, you know, all of life is a flow. And so when we get flow in one area, it affects all areas of our life because it's just a flow of energy. I really, really love this. I love talking about this stuff. It's so much fun because honestly, the work is so valuable. I feel my life changed. I know you feel that same way. And that's why I love uh, bringing these conversations to our audience because we can talk about health and, you know, uh, ways of eating and what our healthy oils are. But if we don't have it all together and we're not living a happy life and you're not, you know, if you can't sit there and enjoy your own company and your own thoughts, that's a problem. Well, and, and I think it's like, I think it's even more profound than all that. Like I, of course, self-love is the most important thing for sure. But, and I'm a firm believer in aligning with mother nature and with universal law. But I'm going to tell you this, I had times I would go into subconscious work and, uh, I remember I used to, I had a, I had a car accident when my, I had a son, my son was actually I got pregnant a month to the day after I had my stillborn and I had my son and I was so freaked out cause I'd had the stillborn and, uh, he was almost a year old and we were in a, a rollover going 60 miles per hour on the freeway with a truck and trailer. And I thought, Holy crap here, my son's going to die. You know, it was the scariest, whatever, 20 seconds of my life. Anyway, he was fine. I, however, uh, herniated a disc and I would get laid up for weeks on end. Like I was really messed up my back. And what was so amazing is I began to heal it a little bit with some breath work and just kind of setting intentions and breathing and doing all that. But when I did my actual subconscious work, I kid you not, Elle, I have zero pain in my back. 
zero. And I truly believe that when you do your subconscious work, a lot of the stuff going on health-wise has to do with emotions sitting in your body. And yes, it's important to eat well. And yes, you can't just like eat junk food once you do your subconscious work. But it is profound, the effects that this work does on all levels of your life. Absolutely. And, you know, on that note, and, you know, on the thyroid angle, what Louise Hay discovered, which is interesting, is that... um, Speaking up is is behind thyroid issues. The uh, when you get the lump in your throat, you know, feel like you could speak up in a situation, or not being able to express oneself creatively can lead to thyroid problems. And the interesting thing was that I was writing when I was writing the book, and 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 thinking about that topic, I'm one of the most outspoken speak up person you could possibly imagine. Mm-hmm. However, I love that about you. However, there was one area of my life where I hadn't been during that time that made sense when I looked back where. I was in a couple of relationships back to back where I felt I was walking on eggshells with that person. They were moody or, you know what I mean? Where you're feeling like you're choked up all the time. You can't speak. And I was put in, I I felt in that situation and that's when I started to have thyroid problems. And so I started to consciously, you know, imprint into myself that any time that feeling erupted and the lump in your throat feeling where you feel like you can't speak up, especially because for me, it was only in this area. Like it wasn't anywhere else in life. It was, it was right. only in a romantic relationship. It wasn't anywhere. And not all of them, but you know, it was, it was just that area, but, but just mm-hmm. one area, you know, and it, you, you think you can't speak. And it's like, I'm the last person. I'm the most, but it happens. And so it's really important to look at those things because they do manifest health problems and they go hand in hand. It's amazing. Like I have have clients that, of course, we do a lot of subconscious work and you'll take someone through, I'll take someone through a process where they just literally go through something where we go, what was not said? You know, what was not said? And you ask them again and they, they just get off their chest and it's like, say it with whatever emotions you want to say, pretend that I'm that person, whatever it is. And, and just getting into that reverie, going back to that moment, whatever traumatic moment, whatever place where you suppressed your emotions and you begin to express those and communicate. And it is amazing what will get freed up for people. It's incredible to just watch them. It just gets this big weight off them. You got to get the emotions out. They can't they just sit and implode That's in your right. body. They have to go somewhere. It's energy. It's gone. It's, it has been created in this universe by a thought and a belief and a feeling. And if you don't get it out and it doesn't express at whatever level, it will implode inside of you. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I, I've been there, you know, mm-hmm. and it was kind of a shocking discovery, right? Because it was sort of a hidden, uh, who would have thought that? But when I looked at it, and honestly, it wasn't until I read that she had made that connection in her, you know, uh, you can heal your life original book where she right. you know interviewed all those people and kind of connected emotional scenarios with health problems because I was like I wonder what she has to say about it <laughs> and then I was like oh wait a minute damn that's so valid and um so it can be it can be it can be sneaky but the work is so worth it how how does one go about creating a daily spiritual practice when They've been go, 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 not even thinking about metaphysical anything forever. They kind of want to get there somewhere, get into themselves and do this kind of work and and become a happier person who's living a life of their dreams. Where do you start? I mean, you know, you mentioned meditation. Wh- mm-hmm. Where do you start? You know, it's a great question. I think, uh, you know, I am a firm believer that we're here for a relative experience. And I do believe that what we resist persists. So if you think you're just going to be happy this whole life and you're trying to be happy, Good luck. That's what I was saying. Good <laughs> yeah, luck. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a real, uh, in my opinion, the positive um, movement is, is has a, it's a catch-22. Because the more you try and be 
positive, the more you're going to make wrong, not being positive, And that's going to make it a lot worse. So uh, I always, always think that, you know, you're either going to do your work, your internal spiritual work, and you're either going to have a practice or you're not, or life's going to demand you to have it. So you can go either way. It's going to happen regardless because you're here to grow and you're going to be demanded to grow whether you want to or not really, because you signed up for this course. So, um, you know, yeah, I mean, some people think I don't have time to meditate. I don't have time to do all these things, but if they really understood, it's really about awareness and education. I mean, if you have, if you want success in your business and you are hitting blocks, then it's real simple. Go take a look at science and find out that your subconscious mind is again, uh, it's creating 97% of your, of your habits and of your life. So if you haven't learned how to reprogram your subconscious mind and you don't maintain that through a daily spiritual practice, you're not going to go very far. And if you're having wins, then go for it. Maybe you don't need, you know, there's people I've met that just don't, they just are in the zone. They don't need to meditate. They don't need to do any of this stuff. They are just in the zone and they just are badasses and they go for it and they make a difference in the world. And so be it. I don't think anyone has to have a daily spiritual practice if their life is really all that they want to be. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah. you don't have to do it. Well, I want to also go back and touch on something you said with you know, potential pitfalls of the positivity movement in terms of acting like one's happy or, and again, that gets into appearances and that leads into, this is not a logical game. This is a feeling game, right? So I want you to get into that, get into that distinction and difference because, you know, one of the things about manifestation and intention, you know, it's like the, the objection, one of the classic ones would be like, oh, really? So I just like put a picture of a Jaguar up my board and it shows up. No, don't drive off the lot with the Jaguar if you're feeling, it's about, right? You know what I mean? You wouldn't do that. Right? That's, mm-hmm. that's a, that's ridiculous. Um, yeah. It's like the saying goes, you can't make, you can't make pie out of, of out of cow crap. You <laughs> right. know what I mean? Like it, it's not going to work. I'm sorry. Right. You know, it can look good, but it's not going to ever be a cake. And we all know those people. We know those people that are, they look like they're happy and you're like, how are you? Oh my God, I'm so good. Thanks. And then, you know, you can just see it. You see through it and you're like, what's really going on this yeah. person? And I mean, I've, I've been there. I still get there sometimes. I'm not going to lie, you know, because our culture is so set up to where we're not supposed to really connect and say, I'm going through something right now. And it's so sad. I mean, I think that's why people are feeling so divided. I mean, we have one in five Americans are feeling uh, totally lonely. Like it's a, it's a actually officially a public health issue. No, I, I've heard that. It's, um, it's, my heart is breaking, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah, I mean, connection. We need connection. So yeah, let's talk about it being a feeling generated. Yeah, you know, versus logical or theoretical. Yeah. So that your your subconscious mind and universal mind is informed by feelings. That is how it is informed. So imagine you have a communication going on, like a radio signal that's going out to the world. It doesn't listen to necessarily the words you speak. It doesn't necessarily listen to the actions you're taking it is listening to the feelings the feelings that are that are energizing right so you could be saying bullshit so you could be saying something mean and laughing right because you're feeling so ecstatic so we know that it's not the words you speak it's the it's the feelings that are backing up 
And that's how you inform the little soldiers in your subconscious mind. That's how, and that is connected with the universal law. So it's all feelings based. So you can pretend to be happy all day long, but the reality is that what's truly going on and the true beliefs that are in your soul are going to keep bubbling up. And you can try and pretend like do little positive, you know, things that are going to get you in in good spaces like affirmations and whatever. And, And I'm all for that. But the reality is if you don't deal with what's really needs to be healed, so that you can neutralize whatever negative things are going on, then you're going to, they're just going to keep bubbling up and you're going to have to try and not be in that space. Right. And you can use an affirmation, but if you're not feeling the feeling of believing it can, it's already happened and occurred, right? hundred percent. It's, it's 100%. not going to happen. So again, back to that feeling, right? Um, you can look in the mirror and put affirmations on post-it notes. It's, yeah, yeah. It's not going to do anything. It's right. not going to do anything. It, does, yeah. it generates nothing. It's the the strength of the, I love uh, the work of Seth. Oh, yeah. And mm-hmm. um, there's, a, there's a line out of there, like, it's it's really the strength of the inner core that's that, like, mm, of the, that that will bring about, it's that inner, it's that feeling that will generate For sure. the thing in matter and not um, just looking at pictures on a wall, especially, too, if you're looking at something and thinking, yeah, right. How am I going <laughs> to Yeah, I mean, look, so it. many yeah. people watch The Secret, the documentary, and uh, people, you know, either it was like one or two things, you know, kind of, if you want to look at the negative side of it, they would either manifest what they wanted to manifest because they put all these vision boards and this, you know, nice car and clothes and this lifestyle, and they got that and they still thought, huh, why am I still not fulfilled? Or they tried to do it and they couldn't do it. And they're like, what's wrong with me now? Now that I have even lower self-esteem because there's all this great wisdom, but I can't even apply it. So, so the point is this, is that we really truly as spiritual beings, we, we desire love and connection and expression and growth. You know, that's what we're here for. So we have to ask ourselves, you know, what is that feeling? You know, if you just want a bunch of stuff, but you're, it's not authentic, you know, what is authentic? What is going to really truly make you feel good? And that comes down to everything from exercising and, and eating well to sleeping well to, you know, everything else we need, we need fully to live fully. The point of life is to live, (laughs) to grow and live. Uh, I wonder if you, I mean, it seems as though you had such an immediate moment back 22 years ago um, with your stillborn baby. I, I wonder, though, like at that time, were you immediately vulnerable and open about it with people? Did it take you time? Did you carry shame about Did you carry shame about it? It was hard to come out and admit to some people. Like, can you talk oh, about that? Oh, such a great story. Okay, I'll never forget. Talk about Seth and things like that. I remember when I started hearing the voice and I was like, oh my gosh, am I channeling? Who is this? What is this? You know what I mean? And no, I didn't find anything. It's not, I'm telling you, we've had a quantum leap in spirituality because it's everywhere now, especially in LA. But I didn't know what was going on. I thought I'm going and saying what is happening and as the wisdom you know basically you open up your consciousness enough you basically expand your consciousness enough so what happens is kind of like i i like the analogy of the sun like imagine that your true consciousness your full consciousness is like the sun and all your limiting beliefs are like the clouds between you and the sun and so when you begin to do your work whether it be through meditation dealing with trauma whatever it starts getting those clouds out of the way between you and the sun and your full consciousness streams in the truth of the universe stream in, which is your true full consciousness. And so when that happened, you know, it is, 
it's it is what I call it's like going into the cocoon cocoon of a as a butterfly, you know, and it is a real you have to really go in there deep, deep, deep. And it is I thought I'm going crazy. And people around me are like, you're changing. What's going on with you? You know, and I remember talking to a few people saying, I'm starting to channel and they were like, uh, they looked at me like I was totally crazy. And I thought, who can I tell? I'm afraid to tell anybody. And as I began to what I call the integration progress, you begin, you, you literally kind of die like the Phoenix, you rise like the Phoenix bird, you know, you, there's actually a new you, right? You literally are a different person. And And then when you integrate, it's not as like, oh, there's that one part of me and this other part of me. You integrate into a whole unified, you know, awaken your, your, your woke. Right. And, uh, and at that point in time, you know, I finally learned to just accept my new self. And I also was like proud to be like, no, I'm going to talk about past lives. I'm going to talk about, you know, entities that have come to me. I'm going to talk about, uh, hearing the voice. I'm going to talk about all this because this is normal. What's going on. Yeah. yeah, And what's going on here in the world, what they told us how the way world, the world is, is not true. And that's more insane than this. So I have no problem talking about it whatsoever. Yeah. It's, 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 that had to have been an interesting, right. You know, yeah. Those moments where people are looking at you like you're crazy and, um, takes, takes time to get there. How, let's talk about how you mentor people because it's 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 one on one. It's it's what are the levels of how people can sure. work through their lives and and gain happiness? Sure. So I used to um, I began the process with working with uh, some celebrity addicts. I actually worked with um, Whitney Houston's family and a bunch of other people, and um, I. I, you know, it was a tough industry to say the least. Look at what Houston, I actually left the, luckily I left that camp before, um, her and her daughter, uh, you know, passed away because I just, it was a very corrupt industry with a lot of people, uh, not doing great things. And, um, and so on that note, I started really loving working with entrepreneurial women that were spiritual because I felt like I work with entrepreneurial women that are spiritual. Their whole mission is to heal themselves, to actually make a difference in other people's world. And so that became my main focus. And so people work with me on many levels. I have everything from, you know, $30 programs to uh, group programs to one-on-one. I will only work one-on-one with people who are highly, highly committed individuals that are highly committed to uh, having sex, success in their, you know, in their in their business and in their personal lives, people who are committed to making a difference in the world. Otherwise it's just, so I'm not going to just do things because people want more money. Like I'm just not interested. Right. No, that's great. I'd love to, um, it's always good to hear some, Great kind of 180 success stories, you know, obviously um, about people who were were here and then got there, someone who was unhappy or uh, living in a hamster wheel of an, an abundant life and, and struggling, who I would love to hear some some positive stories that came out of coaching. There's been many CEOs I've worked with, one of which um, I actually tell the story in my book. He uh, came to me, he was a very well-known, like top in his field in money management and he was making good money and he just kept feeling like he would make money and he'd lose money. He'd make money and he'd lose money. 
And uh, we got into subconscious work and he realized he was from South America and he realized that he had witnessed somebody being murdered as a little boy over money. Mm. And he realized that he had commanded like really with all the emotion, all the feeling he thought you have to, you're, you have to die for, you can die for money. You know, you have to fight for money. You have to win the war of money. And he commanded it so much that he always just felt like he was just at a battle all the time. And, um, you know, after that, he just, you know, it's not like you, it's never any issue again, ever. Like you're just like some super, you know, powers in all areas of your life, but it freed him up of the, that command that was constantly just playing out like a, you know, a play in a movie with the same theme over and over and over again about money. And, you know, he said, I just, he just got to a place where he was free with money. Like he, he made money and he was able to start to save money and, and not lose it. And just, he just was freed up from it, freed up from those chains. Yeah. Again, you know, interesting looking at like, well, if you're having a problem in this area, what are the experiences I've had in my life with money? Or what are the experiences in my life that I've had with X, right? And if you dive in there, you'll find something that could be quite revelatory. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I've worked with people we've gone into their past lives, you know, uh, one gal was yeah, dealing, about yeah, one, one gal was really dealing with an eating disorder and, um, and she realized that in a past life she was in Nazi camp and was just scared to death to not have food. And, you know, it just, it's not anything that it's like, it just, she just was freed up, you know, it didn't mean that she didn't ever struggle again with stuff, but it was like, you know, just this huge, kind of weight off of that area. And, um, she was able to really start doing some serious healing around it. I love it. Um, let's talk about your book awakening. Yeah. Gosh, you know what? My book, I have to say that I was not a writer. My book was one of the hardest things I've ever done in my life. I think it was harder than my entire doctorate because it was interesting to get thoughts down into words. Because for me, I had been seeking the truth for so long and I'd read so many great books, but I was like, okay, there's this one great piece off, off this book. There's this great teaching, Thomas Trower to, you know, um, Ernest Holmes to all the Deepak to all these great, great, incredible minds. But I thought, okay, so if I was going to distill it down, how would I distill down how this all works? You know, so it's like, that's a pretty, uh, intense, you know, thought process to, to take and try and teach, you know, what it means to awaken. I was like, Oh, this is a lot. This hard. How do I do this? So, um, it was a long process for me to say the least. And then plus just not being a great writer. I had to work with a couple editors. I did not have a ghostwriter, but I did have two editors and, and editing a book is interesting also. So anyway, so the book is called awakening a 40 day guide to unleashing your spiritual powers, life's purpose, and manifesting your dreams. It's a step-by-step guide to spiritual mastery. And the book basically takes you through the four steps of awakening, which are wake up, reprogram, align, and affirm. And it basically takes you through, you know, waking up is really just taking and the reality and the science and everything to say, you are manifesting 24 seven. Like the universe is literally taking our order 24 seven. No words need to be spoken. Mm -hmm. It listens through energy, vibration, and frequency. It is time to really unleash, you know, and realize who we are. Like you're, you're so powerful right now. It's not like it changes. You don't get more powerful. You don't unleash powers. That's not true. You're already that powerful. It's just that you don't realize what you're manifesting. 
So the, the book takes you through, you know, how to co-create, how to actually consciously begin to direct that, and then how to claim a birthright of prosperity, vibrant vitality, have powerful loving relationships, and how to reprogram your subconscious mind. I actually walk you through how to reprogram your subconscious mind and how to create your daily spiritual practice. That's wonderful. And where can we get Awakening? Um, it's on Amazon. Actually, if you go to um, if you go to my website, so you go to erinfallhaskell.com um, and it's forward slash awakening book, or you can go to Amazon and just put in Aaron Fall Haskell. Uh, and it's just right there. And you, I actually have a free uh, digital course that comes with it as well. So if, but you have to put that into my website, that code for it. So, and then I also have drerin.tv and you can download 30 guided meditations and get my daily podcast off there. So that's excellent. And we can see you five days a week. On, yep. Tell yep. us where we can find you. Good morning, La La Land. As well. Sure, it's all the all the social media media handles are Good Morning La La Land. So it's on. We're on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. We're now on Roku. We're on Apple TV, and um, I'm, actually, you can get it on my app as well. You can watch it on my app. So if you go to drerin.tv, you can actually on the app it says live there, so it goes there every day as well. So yeah, I'm I'm all. You can't miss me, you know. <laughs> I love it, and we'll put all of these links, of course, in the show notes for everyone. Uh, thank you so much. Is there anything you'd like to leave our audience with today? You know, I just want to say thank you for all the work that you're doing. And I know that the, I know that you wrote the book, um, paleo thyroid solution. And I know that, I know that diets are a really interesting. It's a real interesting thing and unique for each human being. And I know that, uh, you are a resource of so much wisdom and so much knowledge. And I know that we're all, we have really the same mission you know, is to really help people and awaken people. And I just want to say thank you so much for all of your work. Oh, you too. And you know, it's so nice to meet other women who are all about empowering women, which is a mission of mine as well. And I just think we all need to have more of that. So thank you so much for joining us, Dr. Aaron. Um, We will definitely have you back on again in the future. Yeah, thanks so much. I'd love to have you on my podcast as well. Yes, (laughs) have a great day. Okay, thanks so much. Hi, listeners. It's Brad Kearns. I'm so excited to introduce you to our all-new, comprehensive, online, multimedia course called the 21-Day Primal Reset. This is everything you need to go step-by-step into a lifestyle transformation and go primal. Go all in. Make the commitment. We are here with an amazing online course with over 60 videos taking you through step-by-step daily challenges in the areas of diet, exercise, and lifestyle. You also get to download an assortment of print and audio materials. We have an awesome app that helps you engage with the community while you're doing your 21-day reset, daily inspirational emails, keeping you focused, giving you tips and tricks. We have shopping lists, PDFs. Oh, it's a great collection of items all on the login portal as soon as you register instant and lifetime access, everything you need. What a great gift to give someone, family, friend, loved one that you want to share the gift of primal living with. And even if you're an expert long-term, what a great way to kind of tune up and get that reset going, build some momentum if your goals are reducing excess body fat, being healthy, and staying with the Primal program for the rest of your life. That's what this journey is, is a kickstart 
to generate long-term, lasting lifestyle change. And when you enroll at primalblueprint.com, we have a wonderful selection of add-on product kits at an extreme discount to thank you for enrolling in the digital course. So you can throw in some wonderful Primal Kitchen products or Primal Blueprint supplements. Check it all out at primalblueprint.com. Everyone deserves a reset. You deserve a reset. Make the commitment for 21 days and we'll be with you every step of the way to guide you. 